American Dirt by Janine Cummings is a wild ride of a book, let me tell you. It follows Lydia and her son Luca as they have to flee their hometown in Mexico after the rest of their family is brutally murdered by a cartel leader. And, like, just given that description, right, it's insane. And the book only spans two and a half, maybe two and a half weeks. And so time is super condensed, but, like, everything that happens is so dragged out. And so it feels like forever, but it really only is two weeks. And it just is so beautifully written and an amazing story and really great writing. And I love this book, and I think everybody should read it. And this book is another one that was recommended to me by one of my English teachers, Mrs. Gididaro. Um, and you know if it's a Mrs. Gididaro recommendation, it's going to be a great book because she has amazing taste in books. So shout out to Mrs. Gididaro for recommending this book to me. I'm very happy that I read it, and I think you should too. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who listens, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. So as always with a story, we are going to start with a little bit on the writing. Now the writing is amazing. It's in third person omniscient. And so we see everybody's perspective, not only Luca and Lydia's, but we also see everybody who they meet on their journey and stuff. And so I think that's really cool because we meet so many people throughout this journey that it's really nice that we get to see everybody's perspective and we get to round out those characters. And it does have that kind of like distinct style of writing that could go down in history as a classic. So we love it for that. Now we are going to just talk a little bit about the story and I'm going to go like chronologically and then I think I'll talk a little bit more about characters like as we go through. Um, but there's a lot of story to get through so we have to start with the story. And obviously it starts with the shooting of their whole family which is horrific and it really freaked me out in the beginning because we were seeing like the shooting scene from Luca's point of view and I was very scared that it was going to be from Luca's point of view the whole time like room is from Jack's point of view the whole time I was very scared that we we're gonna have to read from Luca's like eight-year-old perspective and that was gonna freak me out but it didn't it like switched back and forth um but just the fact that we get to see Luca's point of view is nice, but it also scary because he's like eight years old dealing with all these adult things and it like freaks you out a little bit. Anyways, and then after their whole family shot, Lydia and Luca have to flee right from like the birthday party that they were at. And Lydia really does the most in terms of covering their tracks. Like I would have gotten caught if I was in her position because she like walks all around the hotel and she knows to take things to go on the run straight away and she's so smart and like everything that she does like you see her perspective in the beginning and how she takes all these different buses and walks all these different side streets and like when they go into the hotel they go to their floor and then they walk down the stairs to a different floor and then they walk back up and get off on a different floor so they're like constantly moving around yet even then 
We see Javier still has a shit ton of reach through his cartel, and he finds them at the hotel anyways, and we learn that, like, you know, he sends her the package at the hotel, and they almost are caught, like, leaving the hotel. Thank God they leave as early as they did. And then, when they finally get out of their hometown, we find Carlos, which, like, Lord bless Carlos, because just the fact that they had some semblance of safety for a few days was so happy and I was so happy for them because this book has you on edge from the very beginning and you're always like expecting the worst and you're waiting for the other shoe to drop and you always think something's bad around the corner. So when we have Carlos, it was very nice and I was so happy that they could just like rest. But then obviously we have to go through the roadblock with the church van and that, you know, brought up the intensity and I was like, oh shit, they're gonna get caught and then they didn't, which was great. But then of course, we make it to Mexico City and they can't fly, which fucking sucks because if you could just get your ass on a flight, at least you wouldn't have to deal with him for the three hours or however long you're on a flight. And, you know, we can't get Luca's birth certificate, which who needs a birth certificate to fly? Because I'm pretty sure as a kid, you don't need, I don't know. But, you know, he needed his birth certificate to fly. And then we go to the library and I was so like, it was so sad because she was going back to the library where her and Sebastian had met and she was like, I had always thought of maybe taking Luca here and showing him around and stuff because this was where we met and where we went to college and that she's taking Luca, but you know, they're on the fucking run. So she can't be like, hey, look, this was like my history. But like, no, we need to use the computers because we need to figure out another way to get to America. And Again, Lydia, smarter than me, uses the library computers to do all the research. Like, I would have just sat there freaking out and not knowing what to do. And then we go to the Casa del Migrants, and I'm pretty sure I butchered that. Like, I know it's probably, like, House of Migrants, right? We go to that place, and I tried to say, I, we go to the Casa del Migrants. I'm sorry I'm not saying that, like, properly but that's how I have to say it um and Lorenzo shows up and you know we already know he's bad news because he has the Los Jardinos um tattoo and then he tries to rape the girl and fuck him for that I just Lorenzo gave me the creeps the entire time I hated him I like it just I wanted him to go away and to not follow Luca and Lydia everywhere because he was freaking them out. So in turn, he was freaking me out. And then at the same Casa del Migrants that they were staying at, you go to breakfast the next day. Lydia goes to breakfast and the women she's sitting with are talking about how rape is the price you need to pay to make it to El Norte, which like, I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. Like... I really, it, obviously it's horrific and disgusting and terrible that that's what happens. And then we do later see it play out with Soldad and Rebecca, but I just, I, I just, it's weird that of all the things that happen in this book, that hits me, like, weirdly. Like, when they're just so casually talking about, oh, it's like the price you have to pay, and have you paid yet? I've already paid twice. Like, it just... I don't know. It's, yeah, that sucked. And speaking of Soldad and Rebecca, then after they leave that place, they find them at the overpass. And 
I'm going to be honest. At first, I didn't trust them because this book has conditioned me not to trust anybody. So even though there were teenage girls and probably couldn't do Luca and Lydia any harm, I still was freaked out when we first saw them. I was like, nope, they're not trustworthy. Don't trust them. Don't get up on the overpass. Whatever. But then, obviously, they grew on me and I love that they help Luca and Lydia and they form this like kind of little family unit of the four of them, which was so amazing and we loved it for them. And I loved that they had like that companionship and like had more people to rely on right instead of being two groups of twos they now had all four of them to rely on each other and then we learn about soul dad's past which like that was the other thing that hit me really fucking hard in this book with like her in air quotes boyfriend and him just raping her all the time and she felt like she had to put up with it because if she didn't then you know they'd go after Rebecca and by doing this she was protecting Rebecca and then anyway her boyfriend's like I heard you got a sister like bring her around tomorrow and that's when she fucking bolts which like I hate that she had to put up with that and I hate that like it like I just hate it I hate it for her her boyfriend fucking sucks and deserves to be shot for everything that he's done and he needs to go away and I hate him and yeah, I hate him. And then after we learn about her past, we learn that Soul Dad confides in Lydia that she's pregnant, which again, like, fucking sucks. Especially when Lydia's like, oh, we'll, like, get you to El Norte and, like, you'll raise the baby. And Soul Dad's like, the baby's not mine. And I just, I, mm, I, mm, 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 mm. it just sucks. And then, obviously, later, she miscarries, which, like, probably is for the best because she didn't want the baby and the baby was conceived by rape and, like, it would have gotten much harder to travel when she was pregnant and stuff. And, like, as much as a miscarriage sucks, like, it pro- I was, like, remember reading that and I was a little bit relieved. Like, obviously, I was sad that she had to go through all the pain of, like, having a miscarriage and stuff. But I was more relieved. I was like, okay, she's not going to have to deal with this and, like, raise this baby. And, like, it's not going to be a huge thing in her life. Like, she gets to kind of escape that and, like, completely leave all of her past, like, in the past type of thing. Like, she doesn't have the baby to remind her of her horrors every single day of her life. And then, like, every time Lorenzo pops back up on La Bestia fuck him for creeping Lydia out and keeping us on edge and that time where he shows up and goes to sit with them and is just like chilling and he knows that he's making them uncomfortable but he doesn't give a fuck and he's like oh I left that shit behind but like you don't really know and she has no way of knowing that you left it behind and we do learn later on that you didn't completely leave it behind so like fuck him for being gross and for just existing I hated him it was gross every time he showed up I really just wanted to punch him in the face and to reach in and pull him out of the book so that like Lydia and Luca could have some sense of like okay he's not gonna come after us but no and like a cockroach just keeps fucking showing back up um and then we get to Guadalajara and we start this like trail of random acts of kindness which was maybe one of the best things in the book like the guy who walks with them from the train in Guadalajara and protects them 
was a random act of kindness and we love him and appreciate him for doing that and then we go and like I, I didn't know where exactly to put this but like we're just going to talk about all the flashbacks with Lydia and Javier right now because like they come up throughout the story but we're just going to throw them all in here and the way Lydia like confided in Javier and how good they were of friends like I felt super bad for her because how deep their connection is and then just to learn that he's this crazy cartel leader and murderer and like it must have been super hard for her because yes she has like a loving husband and everything and like all that but it seemed like he was like a really really good friend to her and he was and they enjoyed talking and so I felt bad that he had like that he was who he was and that that was the end of their friendship when she found out and then there's Sebastian's article and like I hated when Lydia was reflecting on it and was like oh we don't need to go to a hotel for a few days like Sebastian will be fine with it or not Sebastian Javier will be fine with it and Javier was fine with it that was the killer part was Javier was chill he was like it's okay like they put my poem in there, whatever, like, we're chilling with this article, it's fine if it was leaked, like, whatever, I will survive, and I don't have to, you know, take any form of retribution or murder anybody or whatever, so I was like, great, yay, we're off the hook, and then fucking Marta, his daughter, commits suicide after reading it, which, like, again, was one of the parts of the book that fucking hit me, because she didn't even know her dad was this crazy drug lord, cartel leader, like, murderer and if I had found that out through an article I'm pretty sure I would have been sufficiently freaked and I hated that she did that and I hated that like she was completely innocent in this and that she was the casualty and then that caused the spree to, for Javier to think that he could go murder the rest of Lydia's family and it just it just it was a whole fucking mess and I hated it, but I appreciated that we had the flashbacks and we did get to see, like, the development of their friendship and why it hurt so much and, like, why all of this happened. And we didn't just, like, even though we started with, like, the, like, killing of their family and I thought we were going to start with, like, their friendship, I actually did like that, like, we were constantly on the run, but we had these flashbacks where we got to see Lydia and Javier's relationship develop and then decline now moving back to like present day story time uh Rebecca and soul dad's dad ending up in the hospital was not okay again fuck soul dad's boyfriend and like he so their dad did not deserve that soul dad did not deserve to be treated how she did and somebody should put that kid like in jail or in a grave. Either one would work. He does not deserve to get to do what he does. He's a horrible human being and fuck him. And then after we learn that their dad is in the hospital, we meet La Migra. Ugh, like this scene is one of the most tense scenes in the book where they're running and Lydia twists her ankle and Rebecca and Soldad like get the farthest but then are and in the end like swept up with everybody and then Lydia tries to be like oh they're my daughters like they need to stay with me and everybody knows they're obviously not Lydia's daughters and then they're separated and isolated from everybody else so that the 
agents can have their way with them, which fuck them, because they did not deserve that. And at the time, Soledad was still pregnant, and that probably had a lot to do. Well, I don't know anything about miscarriages, but I'm sure the trauma of all of that did not help, like, her pregnancy. Um, so fuck the agents that, you know, raped them and were terrible, horrible human beings. And then the one good thing that did come out of this was that Luca stood up to Lydia and was like, no, all four of us are living together. We are now a family. You are paying for the sisters. I don't care how much money it costs. We have the money. We are paying for them. So I appreciate that. And I love that they all got out together because if they had left the sisters there, I think I would have thrown the book across the room and not finished reading it because at that point I was in it just as much for Lydia and Luca and as I was for Rebecca and Soldad and they were such a family at that point if they had been separated I don't know what I would have done it would have been like the worst thing that could have happened in this book um but then after that we see another random act of kindness with the doctor who helps them out and Smart on Soldad for being like, let me look through your phone, let me see your identification, and like actually fact checking that he's a doctor. And I love that he helped them out. And then, again, we have another random act of kindness where we hide in the random woman's shed from La Migra again because, of course, they have to make a reappearance. And we see her like give them food and it's like look just please be gone by the morning because like you're allowed to hide in here but I don't want any more trouble and stuff and like she's so down to help them and like I love that they get help and stuff and then after that we meet Beto who is crazy but we love him and I really really wanted to give him an inhaler because I hated that he was struggling with asthma and as somebody who has vocal cord dysfunction which means sometimes my vocal cords, instead of opening to let me breathe, like, don't, and I, like, start to wheeze. Um, I understand what it's like to need your inhaler and not have an inhaler, so I really, really wanted to just, like, throw an inhaler into the book and give it to him because I felt so bad, and he was so funny, and I loved him so much. And then we're in Nogles, and Los Jardinos are there, which freaked me the fuck out. Like, as soon as Lydia was like, it wasn't a question mark. It was a sickle. I was like, no, they cannot be here. They're not allowed. We've made it too far. Like, it, no. And then, of course, they are there. And Lorenzo shows back up again. Because, again, he's a cockroach. He just keeps coming fucking back. And I hate him for it. And I hated that he was there. And I hated that he was going to be taken by El Chaco and just fuck him. And then on top of all of this bad news, we find out that the sister's dad passed away, but Soldad can't tell Rebecca because Rebecca's withering away and is, like, depressed. And I love them, and I just want them to be happy. So when they were talking about how Rebecca was, like, fading away, I was like, no, Rebecca, you cannot. Like, I was very scared Rebecca was going to die or commit suicide or do something. Because I was like, she can't, like, she can't. She just, she needs to stay alive. I need her to be happy. I need her to be okay, you know? It just, it was a lot. And then... The final part of the book is El Chaco and, like, the trek that they take from Nogles to Arizona. And it already starts out tense because Beto almost gets kicked out, which freaked me out. So thank God for, I think it was Nicholas, who had another jacket to give to Beto because we need 
Beto to survive. Um, yeah. More on that later. Um, and then, obviously, with scares with the vigilantes and the border patrol, which weren't, like... The amount of tense moments in this book, the scares with vigilantes and the border patrol were not high up on my list because we'd been through so much at this point that I was like, they're going to be fine. Like, they have El Chaco. They're just, like, sitting and doing nothing and, like, we can wait it out. Like, it wasn't as tense and as scary because they were just, like, chilling on the side and, like, waiting for them to leave. But it was still, like, annoying. But what was more tense was Luca's goddamn blister. Like, at this point, I was like, what else are you going to throw at me? I literally thought that they were going to lose the people and that was going to be the end and they were going to be lost in the desert because man's had a goddamn blister. I was like, I know blisters are painful, Luca, but you got to fucking suck it up and why? Like, it just, the whole time she was fixing his blister, I was freaking the fuck out. I was like, she cannot, like, they cannot. It just, I... They needed to be okay, and they needed to find the group, and I'm so thankful that they did, but I was so scared that they weren't. I was very convinced that they were going to be gone, and that was going to be the end, and they were going to die in the middle of a desert, but obviously they didn't. Um, And then we see the flash flood and the guy's broken leg, which fucking sucked, but I didn't have as much attachment to those characters because we met them for such a short amount of time that I was like okay this sucks but like I'm glad it's not one of my four main people and I can live with it if it's a casualty that's like not one of the characters I'm super invested in and speaking of casualties Lorenzo and Rebecca because Lorenzo is just a terrible horrible human being and I had no remorse for Soldad killing him. Like, I was more worried about the trauma that Soldad's gonna have to face knowing that she shot and killed Lorenzo more than I was sad that Lorenzo was dead because Lorenzo was a horrible human being and I hated that he was gonna try and rape Rebecca and I hated that he tried to rape another girl in the Casa del Migrant earlier. So, fuck him and him dying... Like, there was no love lost there. I was very happy. It was... I was just very glad he was, like, out of the picture, right? Like, I don't condone murder, but he needed to be gone, and that was the only way to get him gone. So, it's... It was fine. Um, and then, I did not... Like, this plot point was so weird after it, where Lorenzo was dead, and Lydia used his phone to FaceTime Javier, which, like... I don't even understand, like, you ha- you're you out in the middle of the fucking desert, how do you have signal, first of all? Second of all, why are you FaceTiming him? Like, wh- why do you, like, obviously it gave her closure and she had to do it and she could fully, like, leave him behind and feel free after that, but, like, wh- I- why FaceTime? Like, I mean, I know you're in the middle of the desert, right, but he has reach, like, why would you show him where you are and give him your old, like, it just... It felt so weird and it didn't feel like it was real when I was reading it, but it was real. And I I guess was just happy that Lydia got her closure out of that. If that's what she needed to do, then that's what she needed to do and good on her for doing it. And then fucking Beto did not deserve to die because of an asthma attack. Like, I... I... I can't I that hurt 
Like, I was so ready for the five of them to be this family, and Beto and Luca would hang out and be best friends and shit, and then he dies! He just fucking dies because he has asthma, and I hate it, and it was so sad, and, like, I was so happy that El Chaco was like, I'll come back for him, don't you worry, like, I'll get him, we'll bury him. And Luca was like, he needs a sky root cross because that's what his brother had. And Beto was like, oh, I'm almost 11, but I don't want to turn 11 because it feels weird saying that I'll be older than my brother. And then he never got to be older than his brother. And they both died at 10. And like, Beto did not deserve that. He deserved better. But then we get to the epilogue. And they're all living together, and it made me happy that they were, like, this family, and they were hanging out and living together, and Luca and Lydia were, like, safe, and they could get their library card, and yes, it fucking sucked that Luca couldn't do the geography bee because he was undocumented, but they had, like, this better life, and they were building a better life, and they did make it all together, and they had a house, and I was just happy that they were all together and happy and started their new life and left their past behind. And it was great. And now, like, looking at the bigger picture of this book, because obviously I'm somebody who lives in the United States. I live in California. I've said this before. I have, like, I don't, like, especially with the current administration that we have in the White House, immigration and undocumented immigration and people seeking asylum and stuff has been a huge deal. There's been immigration bans and all these things. And... I don't agree with a lot of what the people in government agree with right now. Like, I am for making it easier for people to come into this country, and I don't think they're coming into our country to steal jobs and all that shit, right? Like, I'm pro-immigrant. I'm pro-giving people asylum. I'm, you know, anti-ICE deportations and detention centers and stuff. And I, like had never had the perspective of somebody who actually was seeking asylum and was fleeing from violence and stuff, right? Like, even though I was, like, I'm a liberal, right? Like, I'm, like I said, you know, pro-immigration, all this stuff. Like, I never really had the perspective of somebody who is coming to the, like, I never got to see, like, a journey that Lydia and Luca went on, right? Even though I felt like I knew a decent amount about immigration, this book did, like, opened my eyes to a lot more and so I'm very glad like I read it and I got to see a description of like what people go through and it really made me mad when I thought about it because I was like this happens to so many people and we still have government officials that are not doing anything and don't want to help and are like oh it's not our problem which like they're human beings too they're literally our neighbors like you have to help them you should have to help them it should be a law like it just it made me really mad and it was a really impactful book in that way, and I feel like it would be a really good book to teach in schools because you could teach it in tandem with, like, learning about government and immigration policies and stuff. Like, I feel like if I was either an English teacher or a gov teacher, like, I would teach this book. And, like, especially as a gov teacher, I think, because you could teach immigration policies and also could, like, make people read this book and be like, okay, now that you've heard what our immigration policies are and you've seen what people go through in a fictional setting but like a pretty good description of like what happens like what do you think like reconcile your beliefs and stuff and so it was very important and very impactful and I think it will go down as like a classic kind of book and 
I'm sure it will be taught in schools, or I'm not sure, but I hope it will be one of those books that's taught in schools many, many years from now. And so, yeah, I have been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on American Dirt by Janine Cummings. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.